Hey everyone, so I'll start with the bad news. It's just me this week. Seb's having some much deserved time off. He's off to get a facial, a mani-pedi, a massage, whatever he needs. The boy's having some chill time, so I'm just gonna check in really quickly with you because if you aren't aware already, there's a World Cup on. And as a whole, you know, it's been all right, I think. The referee, the quality of the refereeing and officiating has been pretty shit. The quality of the games have either been, I think, kind of well, world club classics or just total shit shows and ball draws. But, you know, it's the World Cup. It's a weird time of year. I've still discussed last time about trying to get myself into the World Cup fever and I relied heavy on Seb to get me into that. And I did somewhat and I have watched a lot of football this World Cup, but it just still feels pretty weird. I mean, there's no way I'll ever complain about there being football on from 10 a.m. or 10 p.m. And that unfortunately only lasted about a week or so. So now we're down to the last few games of the group stages and there's two kickoffs at three and two kickoffs at seven. So I'm sure I'm not alone in being someone with loads of Jules Green action going on to get as much in. But England have advanced the last 16. They've got themselves... A, it's going to be a tough tie. There's no easy games in the World Cup against Senegal who, as well as England, won two games in their group, securing, which is always pretty much enough to secure automatic qualification and progression through to the next round. England have, as a whole, been, yeah, pretty good. Obviously, started off with a massive 6-2 win against Iran, went on to the ball draw against the USA, and after kind of looking so negative and playing really defensively and, well, negatively against the USA... England looked to want to change that against Wales and it paid off with a 3-0 win. The first half, Wales really frustrated England, I think. They sat really deep, they were really compact and they were just super hard to break down and yeah, just defended really well. But come the second half, there was one slight tactical tweak that Southgate made to England and that he he had swapped his wingers. So Marcus Rashford, who kicked off the game on the right-hand side, had swapped with Phil Foden on the left, meaning that Phil Foden being left-footed Marcus Rashford being right third, they could cut inside and cause issues there. And it wasn't 10 minutes after the kickoff of the second half that we found ourselves two up. Quick one-two from the Manchester boys, Foden and Rashford. Rashford with a brilliant free kick. And before the replays have even finished, he'd caught a Welsh defender high up on the press, quickly found Harry Kane, who without even looking, managed to square a perfect ball across the box to find Phil Foden to make it 2-0. It was pretty much game over after that. England just had too much for Wales and... And proof of that is the fact that England continued to the bat them and even scored a third goal, Marcus Rashford again. And it gave Southgate and some of those England players a chance to to rotate, to get some rest ahead of Sunday, to get some minutes in the legs of the players who perhaps haven't played so much so far. But let's have a quick moment to just bathe Wales in the glory that they deserve. This is their first World Cup in 64 years. So it's been a long time that they haven't managed to make it to a World Cup. So full credit to the manager, Robert Page, and his team for getting there. And I'm sure the Welsh fans are hoping that the Welsh FA will continue to show faith in Robert Page and keep him in post so that he can continue to build this team and make a charge to qualify and get through to the latest stages of the Euros, perhaps. But with the ages of star players such as Gareth Bale and Anne Ramsey, it's hard to say right now whether they're still going to be part of that picture come that time. 
So on to Sunday, let's have a quick look at England's opponents, Senegal, who progress from their group winning two out of their three games. They have lost their open game to the Netherlands and then beat Qatar 3-1 and Ecuador 2-1 to proceed. There's a really good feeling around this squad at the minute as the last time that they made the World Cup knockout stages was in 2002. And this was at a time when the current manager, Alusise, was their captain. He also just this February led the country to their first ever Africa Cup of Nations title. So this is a squad and a country even that are just full of confidence and they're not worried about playing anyone, I don't think. Going into the competition, I personally, and I wasn't alone in this, had doubts about Senegal going into it without their talisman player Sadio Mane, who they lost out unfortunately to injury. We'd of course always want to see the best players on the biggest stage, but this is a World Cup without Sadio Mane, whether we like it or not. But Senegal up to this point certainly don't look like they seem to be missing him. So whilst I want to get ahead of myself and tell everyone it's going to be an easy game for England and we'll see them in the quarterfinals, it's just not that straightforward in tournament football. It absolutely never is and certainly not in the knockout stages. I mean, chatting about none of this being straightforward, I'm recording this during a time where probably I was having a go at the games being boring, but some of the maddest ones, I'm recording this right now during the last group games of Group E. So Japan looked like they're about to finish 2-1 against Japan and Germany a 4-2 up against Costa Rica. There was a minute there where it looked like Costa Rica might have gone through and Spain and Japan would have missed out. That would have been fucking mental, eh? But yeah, it's uh, looking like Japan are going to top that group now, which is I absolutely doubt anybody was putting putting large amounts of money on betting on that one. If I try and think of like a player of the tournament so far there, I don't know if there is really anyone that like proper stands out. I think like there's arguments for probably like Mbappe and Rashford given the goals they've scored. Um, I think on the Mbappe note that France are probably the only team that have looked good. The only team that have looked good. And they've, of course, broken that weird World Cup curse whereby I think over the last four World Cups, after they won it, Italy, Spain and I think Germany didn't get out of the group stages the one after that. So, yeah, they've done that with relative ease, to be honest. And But all the kind of all the big teams that I was looking at for I had I think I spoke about it in the last one. I was saying I said that I thought the South American teams looked really good and Argentina looked shit and Brazil have slowly started to grow into it. Um, they've managed to scrape some wins, but no one's no one's looked amazing, have they? It's been really hit and miss for absolutely everybody. Um, as I said, with possible exceptions to, to the French, but it's going to be really interesting going into the knockout phases. Of course, like yeah, anyone can beat anyone really when it comes to World Cup. It doesn't matter who you are. You're well, you're always you're always up up for a bit of a beast in, but. Although slightly hesitant and chatting about it a minute ago, I'm yeah, I'm quietly confident that England are gonna gonna progress through to the quarterfinals. I think although Senegal prove a threat, I'd like to think that Southgate picks the attacking options that he started with in the last game against Wales because I think uh, yeah, Kalidou Koulibaly can't do it all on his own at the back for Senegal there, and I I think it's yeah it doesn't really matter I think who we see in that top three does it um I think everyone's going to be happy I think the only one who has probably made himself undroppable is Marcus Rashford and let's be honest Kane isn't getting dropped yeah he's not getting getting the goals for England not getting the not getting the headlines that we're used to him getting but he's getting a shed load of assists and if anything him not scoring getting assists and England still winning is 
an ideal scenario next to Harry Kane scoring, of course. Like England are playing well and they're scoring, and we're not heavily relying just on on Harry Kane to give us these, those goals. So that's wicked. It's good to see that. And the man who I've given so much shit over this season, and let's be honest, rightly so, Harry Maguire has been arguably one of England's top performers and one of the star men so far this tournament. And you know, man, fair play to him. That dude always turns out on an England shirt. It's a completely different uh, system that he plays in and operates in there than he does for 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 Manchester United. And it's quite clear that that's that's the Harry Maguire that Manchester United bought from Leicester. Because yeah, he's playing really well. And I think buying exception for I can't remember which goal it was that we conceded against around. I think it might have been the first one where he got caught just. I don't know what he was doing. Just he got caught. He got spun. I've seen him happen a million times to him. He just got spun and we we conceded. But yeah, fair play to him. He's got uh, he's got better. He's been performing really well as the whole team have. I can't. I don't think there's really been any pedestrians in the England team. Everyone's who has played a good part. I think with exception to everyone who played against the USA. So I'm I'm talking about the players who played against Wales and against Iran. There've been players that have turned it on at different times and looked really good. Obviously, Jude Bellingham was by far the the top performer in that first game. It was great to see him at such a young age come onto the world stage, start a game, grab a goal, boss the midfield. That's uh, it's wicked stuff. And I'm so happy to see players like Bukayo Saka, Marcus Rashford, Raheem Sterling, especially what happened to them online, all the racial abuse they received at the end of the Euros, which was, well, was last summer, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so glad to see them put England shirts back on and start scoring and just shut all those doubters up because there's absolutely no doubt that any of those guys are supremely talented and as well as being extremely important for their clubs they're extremely important for England so we'll um, look forward to Sunday now against Senegal and hope that they can all perform and continue scoring for us and Harry Maguire can continue being this aerial rock at the back and he wins so many headers in the opposition box as well so let's hope he can convert one of those into a goal but um, yeah, I'll be back next week. Um, I'd imagine next time with Seb for a longer episode and a bit more of an in-depth chat, maybe about the World Cup more, more in more general terms. But yeah, let's. I really hope that I'm coming back next week and we are still continuing to talk about England's England's successes in this tournament. So yeah, cheers, guys. Back next week with a, a bit more effort. Take care. Oh, and actually, uh, before I do sign off completely, I've been uh, over on BBC Radio Jersey chatting some mints for them uh, about the World Cup as well. So any of you guys listening that are Channel Islanders or indeed in the UK, you can check that out on the BBC Radio app. So yeah, check it out. I think I'm back on there. Time of recording here is Thursday the 1st. So I'm back on with a little clip. Friday the 2nd, tomorrow I think. So yeah, check that out if you haven't been so already. Yeah, get involved with us on the socials. I'm chatting loads of shit out on Twitter just because it's it's quite fun and loads of people are biting, but I'll continue to do that too because why the fuck not? Bye.